Welcome to Chosen Generation Ministries with Pastor Paul Morgan. We are a non-denominational multicultural ministry based in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. CGM helps to develop nurturing, healthy relationships with ourselves, others, and God. We are a conversational church that engages our congregation in an active dialogue that enhances their personal walk with Jesus Christ in all aspects of life. Let's join Pastor Paul. You are the one our hearts adore. We just thank you. We thank you that you first loved us. You thank, we thank you that you loved us when we didn't even know what love was. We didn't know how to receive love. We didn't know what it really was. But then you came along and you gave us unselfish love. You gave us a love that bypasses all situations and circumstances. You loved us when we didn't know better. And we just thank you that you didn't cast us aside, but you made a promise to us. And that promise was that you would never leave or forsake us. That you would be with us all the way until the end of this life as we step into another life. And we just thank you for that opportunity. We thank you that today we worship you. We thank you that today we get in your presence. We thank you that today is a day where you change our lives because you edify, enrich, and transform us. We came in one way or we turned on and started looking at one way and before the show, before the service is over, because it's not a show. You show forth your glory, that you do. But before this is over, lives would have been changed, minds would have been renewed, and, and we would have come into a better understanding of who you are and what you want from us. And that's for us to walk in your freedom. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, amen. How's everybody doing this morning? Great. Wherever you are, are you getting snow? We're getting snow here in, in Richmond. Wherever you are, are you getting snow? <laughs> Guys, I'm excited. I'm, I'm still doing a teaching on Back to the Future. And, and the word was, our past impacts our present. So if you keep living in the past, what is it going to do to your present? It's going to wreck it. So, so, so let's take a look at this. It's, this is in 2 Kings, and so I'm not going to read it all. But I'm going to tell you a little bit about it, and then I'm going to suggest you strongly read it. Israel, at this time, in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse, I would say 1 through 10, 1 through 12. I'm just going to read a few scriptures, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. And so Elijah is a, is a, uh, a prophet, and he tells the king, because they got calamity, they got famine going on. So people are hungry, and, and food has jumped up. So Elijah tells the king, and, and he says, look, this is what's going to happen. God is going to deliver you. God is going to deliver this area. And all you have to do is just stand on his word. So the king has, you know, like you have a, a vice president or uh, somebody else who supports you. And so this guy kind of laughs, Ed. He laughs at Elijah. He says, so what is God going to do? He's going to open up the, the sky and just let food rain out? And this is what the, the Elijah the prophet says. He says, I tell you what's going to happen. You will see it, but you won't be able to eat it. So all I'm saying is when God tells your pastor, whatever church you go to, something that's for you, pay attention to it. If you have doubt about it, ask God to help my unbelief. But don't try to find reasons why it won't work. So I'm, I'm going. So this is what Elijah tells the man. He didn't tell the king that. He told the person who questioned what was going to take place. So in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3, it says, Now there were four, so, so these four leopards are sitting at the gate of where there's a famine. 
And this is what they say to themselves, Rosalind. They say, well, look, if we stay here, we know what's going to happen. If everybody's starving and you stand where everybody's starved, what's going to happen? You're going to starve. So now there were four leopards men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, so now they're talking amongst themselves. Why are we sitting here until we die? We're waiting on something to happen. We're waiting on change to take place. But are you willing to do what would bring the change? I'm asking y'all that. So if you're in a situation that you don't like, are you going to stay in the situation and talk about what you don't like? Or are you going to make a change? That's what we're talking about, back to the future. So then they go on and say, and when these leopards came to the outside of the camp, they went in into one tent and ate and drank. So what ended up happening? Let me, let, let me bring you back for a second. So they made a decision, we're going to get up and move. We want a different situation. Say different situation. So they decided they were going to get up and they were going to go into this enemy camp. They said, look, if we stay here, we know we're going to die. But if we go there, maybe they'll have mercy on us and maybe they'll feed us. But at worst case scenario, they'll kill us too. Now, we can clearly say they had some, some misgivings. But at least they did something. Say move. At least they didn't continue to stay in a hopeless situation. They moved. So, and, and, and so now this is what God didn't tell you when he told you to believe in him. He told us that he would always be with us. He told us that he would always make a way. But he didn't tell how he was going to make the way. And you won't see the way until you walk in it. So if you're looking on for him, because it's not faith. If he shows me what he did, going to do, then I wouldn't have to have faith for it. So now as these four leopards. Now, when you're talking about leopards, you're not talking about people who are in shape, that, that can run. They in pain as they take steps. So they walk on up to the enemy's camp. But God, this is what God did. He made those four footsteps of those men. To sound like chariots, horses, and armies. So what is he moving for you if you would just step out so he can make your footsteps sound totally different than what you thought you were? But see, they wouldn't have known this unless they walked. They didn't know it until they got into the camp and nobody was there because everybody ran. Because they thought those four footsteps were the enemy. I mean, were, was basically an army coming against them. So they walked on in. Now, when they walked in, the enemy ran so fast, they left stove. I mean, they left boiling stuff. They left bread over here. They left a few cookies over there. You know, I got to put my cookies in there. <laughs> Curly, got to put my cookies in there. <laughs> and so they left all this stuff. And, and they just ran. So these guys, they tip in. They, they, they start to eat because they hadn't eaten in a while. I mean, their mind is so focused on what they got, they forget about everybody else. So... That, that's what's different in Christianity. You, you always try to bless others, okay? So they, they eat. Then they say, well, man, this feels pretty good. Let's take a few pieces of gold. They, they found some gold and silver in one tent. They, they took it and they hid it. Then they go to another tent. They eat there. I mean, like Thanksgiving Day. And, and then they hide that stuff. Then one of them gets the bright idea, look, we, we shouldn't just stay here and eat by ourselves. Let's go tell the rest of the people. Now, I, I know it might have been one or three. Jazz, you wasn't in that one. Jazz said, no, nah, I'm going to stay here, Chick-fil-A, and eat, eat, eat all I want. So they go back, and they go back in, and they tell the king, say, look, what Elijah said is real. So the king says, hey, look, y'all trying to set me up. I'm not going to let my people go and get this food. I'm going to send two spies to go and see whether what those four men told us is true. So he sent four spies, because this is what the king said. If I take all my people, and it's a trick, because I'm thinking that the enemy, they hiding out, then it'll kill us all. 
But if what we do is we send these two other people, we can, we can bear if they die. So these four guys, they went, I mean, two guys, they went out, and I know they ate. The Bible don't say they ate, but you hungry, you had to eat? It took them a little while to get back to where they had to go, okay? Because they went through the test and hid their stuff, too. So now, when the spies come back and tell the king it's true, who's going to have to come back and tell you that what God did is true? When he opened up a door that you know you had no way of getting in there, is someone else going to tell you what, have to tell you what God did? Or are you going to stop where you are and tell them what God did for you? So remember that, that guy that was working with the king, the vice president, or whatever his title was? When these, these guys come back and say, it's true, all the stuff is there. We have supplies, we have food, we have everything we need, and more. So the king, king looked at his guy, and he said, oh. This is what the guy said, oh. So then all of a sudden the man remembers what Elijah told him. He said, you will see it, but you won't eat it. You won't even get to take a bite, a morsel. So when the king tells the people, we have provision, the people ran in so fast, they stumbled, they trampled the vice president. So was it true what was said? You, you will see it, but you won't get a bite of it. So I'm asking you this morning, what is it that God's telling you that you're supposed to be seeing and you're not taking a bite of it? You're not exercising the belief for it. Because guys, this is real. We have to make a decision that either God is real and what his word says is real, or we're going to stay here and die. Now, some people will die. But then I'm talking about not only physical death, but I'm talking about emotional death, depression, anxiety. And if you're dealing with those things, get healing for it. Get help for it. Is it mental relationships? Relationships. Are you just going to let that die? Because he created us for relationships. Now, unless you got the gift, y'all know what the gift is, right? God gave certain people, men and women, the gift. So they, they, they are fine being single, okay? They, they got the gift. Y'all understand what I'm talking about, the gift. So we don't have no sexual stuff going on, self-gratification in the gift. If you got to do that, then you don't have the gift. Say, don't have the gift. I'm just being real. It's okay to be real in church. It's okay to talk about sex in church. Yeah. You didn't come up with it. He came up with it. But that's how you know you got the gift tonight. If, if, you, don't, if you can't do that, you don't have the gift. But I'm just saying. Everybody okay? I got a lot of snugging going on. I don't know whether I can get them back, Lord, to get them to concentrate. All right, but we're going to go for it. <laughs> All right, so let, let me go to where God will help you. Let me go to that scripture now. So I ain't got y'all started. Let's go to that scripture. In, in, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, I want you to listen to what God does. This is in the message Bible. It says, God can do anything. You know far more than you could ever imagine. Some of us, we got some serious imaginations, right? Yeah. For God to be able to say that, that means he is, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Miraculous. That his mindset bypasses our intellect, you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. Y'all got some wild dreams? Yeah. Okay. Now, if he showed you, you got to take a step to go to it. You going to do it or you going to stay there and die? He does it not by pushing us around. Uh-oh. You mean God don't manipulate? He tell you what's available and let you decide whether you want to step in or not. Do you want to step in your healing? Do you want to step in abundance? Or do you like where you are? Do you like like? Do you like pain? Just ask the question. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. See, when you accept the call or tell God tells you that something is available to you, it's working on the inside of us. So we won't know until we get there. I'm telling you, this thing is powerful, guys, because we can sit around and wait. I, I shared last week about, you know, I asked your help for the cheers. 
and you don't want to move the chairs, I'm going to move them. Because something is going to happen between point A and point B. I'm thinking I'm moving the chairs, but there's an anointing that's flowing. There's something that he's imparting that had I not took the step to move, I wouldn't know what it was. So why is he going to tell me what I'm getting if I'm not willing to move? Then it goes on to say his spirit deeply and gently within us. So that's how spirit works. It works deeply. So it's not visible. It works undercover until people see it. But he's going to be seen. But he's not going to push you. He's not going to grab you. If you say no, he's, he's okay. Y'all got it? All right. So let me talk about reset now. We're going to reset some buttons. Banetta Mal, she took my reset button. So Banetta, you make sure you get, I get my button back. So a reset button means what? When, when you hit the reset button, what, what are you say? Start all over. Starting over again. So what happened before doesn't have anything to do with what's right now. So I'm going to read a scripture. So number one about setting your reset button is you got to choose life. Remember what we said? If you stay here, you die. How many different ways can you die, guys? That's a question. Talk to me. Go, go, Go ahead and fill it out. Fill it out. And those in here, how many different ways can you die? We know you can die physically and we know that you can die spiritually. What other ways can you die? Mentally. Okay. Financially, mentally, financially, slowly. Ooh, what do you mean by slowly? Give me a mic right here. Slowly. If you think of some of the disease that we experienced, they didn't start when we got diagnosed. They started when we started certain behaviors okay. or maybe in our family. So it, it's a slow death over time. Okay, slow death over time. All right, anybody else? Because I want to just make sure that you understand it's not just physical death. Your dreams can die. Yes, ma'am. It can be painful and you can be tortured. Painful and tortured. We got one over here. He goes on to say, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. I was going to say emotionally, where you just kind of shut down. Okay, emotionally, you just shut down. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about that last week, sure, about learn hopelessness, helplessness, where you just, you learn that you fail at every time you try, so you just don't try anymore. Now, I want to make this clear. You don't have to have five scriptures in a specific area. You just have to have one that you believe. And I believe this one. This, this is my scripture right here. I don't, I don't know what y'all do with it. But he said, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I have set before you life and death. What choices you got? Wait a minute. Wait, I, 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 we, we got people that like that middle ground. What, what, what middle ground y'all can use for that? Huh? <laughs> What's the middle ground? Life and death. That's only two choices. So every decision you make, every thought you think is either producing life or death. There's no middle ground. He says, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. Who is he telling to choose life? So Wayne don't choose life for me. I choose life for me. Who choose life for you? So when someone says something that offends you, do you have a choice whether you're going to choose blessing and cursing or life and death? But who made you make that decision? Did they do it? Did you, did you like what they said? Absolutely not. But who gets to choose whether you're going to have life or death, blessing and cursing? Because, see, we're thinking that if everybody just acts special, if everybody walk in the newness of life that God provided for us, then it'd be okay. But then he wouldn't have had to come because he started out with me. You see what I'm saying? So, number one, about reset, you're going to have to decide you got to choose life. And blessings, not death and cursings. So, so I got questions. You know I got questions. Y'all ready? What would your what would choosing life look like for you? Uh-oh. 
What would choosing life look like for you? And that's a real question. What would it look like? Would it look like the death life? Would it even really look like the life you live in now? Because there were areas that he told us to move in. Although we prosperous, although we heal, he wants us to make another step. So what would your relationship look like if you chose life? That's a real question. I got Mike over here. What would relationships look like if you chose life? Because for 15 years, you've been choosing death because you've been choosing the same type of person. I would walk away from toxic relationships that weren't good for me. Okay. All right. He said if he chose life in his relationships, he would walk away from toxic relationships. Anybody else? I got one in the back. What would life look like for you in relationship? Choosing life in the relationship means forgiveness. Okay. And letting things go. Okay. All right. So she said choosing life in her relationships would be letting things go. How many of us need to let some things go? Yeah, y'all, y'all raise your hand like it. You can't even see it. Because the seat's that about this high. So when they raise their hand like this, you can't see it. You know, forgiving. What would life look like for you if you chose life? I got one over here. Well, one way life would look like if you chose life is not being desperate. Uh, I, I'm going to come to you in a second. I ain't meddling with people. I ain't meddling. But I'm going to be real with y'all. Okay? So do you get your best food when you're desperate? I mean, the food is cold, but you don't wait it on it. So you're going to go ahead and eat it because you don't wait it. You're desperate. You're hungry. They order you, you order a drink. You don't care whether it's wrong. Okay, some people say they're going to fight. I know three people here are going to fight. Jazz, Madeline, and Sharon. They're going to fight. They get the wrong food. They, they, they're coming out. Go ahead. Yeah, I wouldn't be codependent. Ooh. <laughs> he said if he chose life in relationships, he wouldn't be codependent. See, codependent takes away blame. Codependent takes away excuses for the life you live. Because, see, if I'm codependent, I can always blame you. I, I don't have money because of you. I don't have my dream job because of you. See, codependence was established in the garden when Adam and Eve was there. I mean, first people, man, they, they, they could have had that thing laid out for us, buddy. I'm telling you. But God clearly told him, you can eat of anything in this garden except that one tree. Snake gets around. He started talking to Eve, tell her about, no, did God really say that? One thing led, led to another. My girl was right there. She took the fruit, said it wasn't an apple. You get tired of people saying, gave him the apple. It doesn't say what the fruit was, so don't add to the Bible. So she took the fruit. She handed it over to him. Now, you know, you hear Bible scholars say she was fine. How do we know she was fine? Because he went against God's will. <laughs> he took it. I mean, they, they sat down and they really enjoyed that thing. But when the time for judgment came, who did he blame? He blamed her. And who did she blame? The servant. That's codependent. Because if you are secure in who you are and willing to stand behind what you did and what you said, you, he would have said, that's all God wanted him to say was, I, I, I disobeyed you, Father. I ain't even looking at what, what my wife did. I led her because she followed me. Because he could have said no. In codependent relationships, you, you, you just want to be liked. You want to be, be looked at. You want to be admired at what cost. What are you willing to lose in order to be liked? Some people are willing to lose a lot. You're willing to lose your virginity? You're willing to lose your finances? I need to borrow $5,000. I want to move into this apartment. But you don't have your money. You want to borrow mine. But because I like you and I want you to like me, if you don't have the money, how am I supposed to get mine back? 
So that is if you chose life and relationships, the answer is no. See, see write, write this down. Let me say it right quick. Then, then I'm going to let you go. You know I'm not, but I'm going to let you go. You don't, if you need a co-signer, that means you can't afford it. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> it's real. Because if you had the financial ability, they would, your, your signature would, would have been enough. You follow me? All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get off that. Okay. Y'all understand codependency though, right? What, this next one, what would life look like in your finances? Start talking about how financially blessed you are. By your words, you'll be justified. And by your own words, you'll be condemned. And that's not just talking about salvation. Start talking about, yeah, let, let, let me just get on this point. We spend our time saying what we don't have or what we don't want instead of saying what we do. I was doing some research a couple months ago and I saw how race car drivers are trained. And, and, and now they're going 200 and something miles an hour. And so when they see the wall and they see themselves going to, towards the wall, the drivers are training them not to look at what they're going to go towards, what they don't want, which is the wall. So they started training the drivers. When you see the wall, look another distance, look in a different direction or where you want to go. So when you ask people what do they want, they always tell you what they don't want. I don't want a job that I got to work 12 to, uh, to 7. I, I don't want to have to work on the weekends. And when I want a relationship, you know, I, 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 I don't want this alcoholic, this drug guy, such and such. What did you just tell me? You gravitate towards what you don't want if that's what you're talking about. Because the mind is saying to itself, they're giving words and I am to follow them. Remember, I just said, by your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you'll be condemned. So when you want to live a healthy life, you don't talk about the weight you're going to lose. You talk about the health you're going to live. When you want your finances to be right, you talk about how I'm blessed in my finances. I'll give. And it's given unto me good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. No, I can't tie because if I tie, I, I don't see how I'm going to make it. What did your brain just hear you say? Not going to make it. Guys, this is... This is real stuff. But if you just take a peek in your own life, say peek in my own life, because I don't want you peeping over somebody else's life. <laughs> if you just take a peek in your life and you ask, I could tell people now, based off what they have, what they said. Because they spend a lot of time saying what I don't want. I don't want this. You ask somebody, well, what would you want, what you want to eat tonight? Well, I don't want this, I don't want that. By the time you finish, they just say forget about it. You go get your own stuff. I'm telling you, it's real stuff, guys. So I, I got to stop right here. I got to stop right here. So I like to have every head bowed and every eye closed. But we're going to pick back up on choosing life. Because right now we're going to talk about salvation. And God has set before those that are not saved, life and death, blessing and cursing. And he's saying, I'm going to give you a hint, choose life. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for this opportunity. We just thank you that we have, while we're still breathing, while we're still alive, we have the ability to choose life. And life would be to choose Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So we just come before you today thanking you, Father, in advance that you gave us that opportunity that we have. All we have to do is say out of our mouth and I'm going to lead you in a prayer that will allow you at this instance to choose life and not only life, but blessings. So repeat after me, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Your word says in Acts 2.21, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus, I call on your name now. I ask you to come into my heart. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Therefore, according to your word, I am now saved. 
In Jesus' name, amen. So you just chose life. You just chose blessings. You just chose the good. You just chose the right. You just chose the answer to your issue. Then will that change overnight? Because where are you standing? Are you standing looking forward to what life and Thank you for joining us. Please visit our website, ChosenRVA.com, and check in with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at ChosenRVA. We hope you'll join us again soon.